This morning, um, we're continuing our series in You Shall Call Him Jesus, our second message along this line. But before, before I share, Josh, come up here. Wear your hat. <clears throat> I like that hat. <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to get me one of those. Okay? I like that hat. Um, so this morning, as we talk about the name of Jesus, he, he's, not, he's not prepared for this at all. So what I, what I want to see is a response from someone's heart, okay? And what I'm going to ask you is, what, what can you say today that the name of Jesus has done, is doing, um, the vision it's giving you for the future about the name of the name of Jesus and what you have at your disposal? Just in a little okay. short little synopsis of, of, of that revelation right. in your heart, share that with the people. Okay. Well, I uh, tell you, it's... Uh... Um, we've been preaching about the name of Jesus. We've been talking about it. And more and more, you know, I just comes to my mind, you know, this is a weapon and a tool against the enemy that I can use. It's the most effective tool at my disposal that I can use every day. If I, I mean, I, what, if I've got an issue with something, talk to the Holy Spirit and use the name of Jesus and just, just lay it on that thing and just believe that that's enough. Hmm. You know, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's empowering, it's strengthening, it gives me vision because I know that in the name of Jesus, all my destiny, all my future is tied to that. All I have to do is pursue what he wants to reveal to me through his name. Yeah, and, and, and isn't it, isn't it do, you, do you feel it this way, do you sense it in yourself this way, that, that it's, you know, it's, it's there for you every day? I yeah. mean, it, you know, it's like, you know, when a, when a, when a let's say a police officer goes you know in every morning and you know a police officer usually doesn't carry his gun you know i mean maybe they do i don't know but when he's putting his uniform on there's that gun that mm-hmm. has the ability to accomplish things for him yeah. you, you know what i'm yeah, saying exactly. and and when you mentioned that it's a weapon yeah that's that's so every day we get up we realize we're not going out there into the world empty-handed yeah. or without the weaponry that we need not natural weapons like a like a gun but it's spiritual weapons to do battle against the enemy exactly you know? right that's exactly right amen yeah. awesome thank you josh thank you. give him a hand <clears throat> a man god is good is he not um i i you know, there's, there's things in, in life that transpire and um, you and I live on the, in, in, in this world and in the process of living, we're learning. In the process of living we're learning people come into the body into this church body and they begin to hear the word and the word that they begin to hear begins to change their life they begin to have their eyes opened and 
to understand things and, and see things clearly. Every one of us, when we come in to the revelation of the Word of God, every single one of us have a past. We have things in our life that want to hinder us from accomplishing what God put us on the earth to accomplish. Some people, and it's the reason, you know, it's, it's the reason you need to, you know, as parents you need to bring your children to church because the word that's being invested in them, the Bible says that word will not return void but accomplish. It may not be today, tomorrow, next week, or next year, but somewhere that word will accomplish things. When, when you train up a child when they're young, as they're older, they won't depart from the word. It may appear like there's seasons that they're departing, but they won't depart. Because the Word somewhere will find root somewhere along the way. That's, why, that's the reason that we pray for our children and pray for people. Because if Word's been sown in them, you believe for the harvest on that Word that's been sown in their heart. It doesn't matter what it looks like today. It's not over till He says it's over. Can you say amen? And even, even when it appears to be over in this life, it's not over. We just step over into the next life. Amen? And I'm saying all that to say that uh, Pat Horn is here today, and um, her and her husband Steve been coming here for a while to the to uh, gates of the city. And um, over the last year or so, Steve's had a battle in his body with some things, and, and it was a it was a pretty tough battle. And a couple of days ago, he stepped over into the next life, and he left here and. Pat, we want you to know that we love you and we're with you and we support you 100%. Amen? And, and we are truly here for you. And, and, and listen, I, I hear people make these comments. I, I hear people make it. And I'm not judgmenting. I'm not judgmental. I've probably made the same comment. I'll, I'll use myself. But I've, I've heard people make comments like this, that, well, so-and-so lost the battle. There's no such thing as losing. We're in a win-win with God. Amen? There's this life, and there's an, another life that looks just like this life because this life is a type and shadow of that life out there, okay? And, and we do what we do, and, and we stand and we believe God as Pat did, as we did with her, and... In this situation, he didn't lose the fight. He gained such great revelation in his life that he didn't have a few years back. And that revelation came to him. And, and now he's stepped over. She's going to miss him. We're going to miss him. But he's in a great place right now in the name of Jesus. And our prayers and our peace are with you. You know, the peace of God that we're praying over you and with you. And, and I just I felt a real need to just honor this situation right here and, and, and acknowledge it and, and it's not a negative thing and don't you take it in any way that way. Amen? And we're so glad that you're here today. Is this your brother that's here today? Yes. Great to have you today. Amen? Really, really glad to have you guys. Give them a hand today. Amen? Glory to Jesus. Come on, give God a hand today. God is great. God is great. Can you say amen? God is great. Glory to God. He is great. In the name of Jesus. Father, we're just so thankful. Who? So thankful for what we have. Mm. 
So, we're talking today about, and we're going to start as, uh, where we started last week in Isaiah chapter 9. Gosh, I love these words when they describe it. Um, Isaiah prophesied of the coming birth of the child, Jesus. And he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and his name. Everybody say, his name. His name shall be called Wonderful. Um, the, the literal translation there, the King James has a comma after wonderful and then counselor. But the literal there in the Hebrew is wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. But I, but I took both of those words and just defined them for a moment. And, and the word wonderful, the first word in every dictionary that described the word wonderful was amazing. It was amazing. And a couple, a couple other words or statements that describe the name wonderful is causing marvel. Causing marvel. Miraculous. Incomprehensible. Something, this wonderful name is uncommon. It's like no other name. There is no other name like this name. His name shall be called Wonderful or Wonderful Counselor. And the word counselor that I believe relates to this is, has to do with His counsel is your answer to everything. He's a wonderful, amazing, miraculous, uncommon counselor who has the answer for everything. Nobody else can tell you that. Nobody else in life would actually be that prideful to say they have every answer to every situation. He does. He is a wonderful counselor. This is the child, the son that was born, that was given this name. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of all peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. There's no end to His government, His way of doing and thinking and operating. And there's no end to His peace. Listen, when you're connected to someone and someone leaves you on this earth, that's when the peace is there to kick in. The deposit is already there on your behalf. And no one knows what that's like, like the person that goes through it. Nobody knows what it's like. But the peace is there. And it's not just any peace. It's not the peace like the world gives. It's the peace of Jesus. Jesus said in John uh, something, 14, 16, somewhere in there, um, he said, um, my peace I give you. Not the world, not the peace like, because see, the peace of the world is conditional. See, but his peace comes from having been where you are, having felt what you felt, and having overcome for you. So it's, it's like when you find yourself in a difficult situation, 
in, in a place where there's potential grief and sorrow or things in your life, that peace is there. And I, I don't even know how it happens, but in, in multiple situations that I've had in my life where it was that way, that peace was there. It kicked in. I received it, and it did something to me that I would have never known had I not had the situation to deal with. You see, it's there. It's already on deposit. It's, it's there. It, it's like if, if you've got a certain account over here that is in case something goes wrong. You've got money in that account and something breaks down or goes wrong. It's already there. You receive it when you need it. See, that deposit's already been made because of His sacrifice. Can you say amen to that? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, and there is no peace. There is no end to His peace in His way of doing and operating. There's no end to it. So there'll never be a situation that you and I face that the name, the wonderful, amazing name, miraculous name, the uncommon name, will not already, has not already fixed it and made it right for us and made it available for us. How great is that name? Like Josh said earlier, it's a weapon for me. It's there. It's there for me. Can you say amen? In uh, John 1, and I'm just going to review a little bit of what we talked about last week. In John 1, we talked about, <clears throat> and I'm not going to go into all the detail that we discuss, but what we talked about last week was that, that Jesus... Jesus was born to a virgin, but he, he wasn't something that was brand new. In other words, he wasn't, he wasn't something that didn't already exist. And in John 1.1 it says here that in the beginning the Word was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. When God said, let there be light, that was the Word. And the Word created everything. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. And He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But in the beginning, He wasn't the Son. In the beginning, He wasn't Jesus. In the beginning, He was the Word. And the Word, who already was, took on flesh and blood. I'm going to say it again. The Word who already was took on flesh. The Word became flesh and He dwelt among us and He became to us the Son of God. And in Luke chapter 1, and we read this last week, Luke chapter 1 and verse 28 says, or verse 26, 
It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. So she's the highly favored one, he said. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting. This is a 16-year-old girl who said she was highly favored. And as he went on to say that she was most favored above all women. But she's only a 16-year-old girl who's never been married, never been with a man. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So the Word, who was in the beginning, became flesh. He took, the, the Word took on flesh form. He was born to a virgin and became a son. And under the instruction of the angel of God, the angel will only speak what Father tells him to say. Father said, now, you name him Jesus. You name him Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Now, God once again has come to the earth, and he had to strategically come into the earth the way that he did because of what he set up in the beginning that he lost through Adam and Eve. And now he gained, he's, he's on the process, he's in the process of gaining it back, but he had to come back in as, as, as a natural person. Right? He had to come back in as a, as, as a human being. So God... The deity of God, the greatness of God, God Himself lowered Himself to the earth to become like you and I so that He could feel everything that we feel, take it all upon Himself, and then give us the dominion, power, and authority to use that wonderful name and see things change and happen in the earth. Glory to God. How blessed and, and, and what a benefit that you and I have to have at our disposal the name, that wonderful, amazing, glorious, miraculous, uncommon name that is above every name. Can you say amen? Philippians 2 and verse 9, look at that with me, says what I just said, but I want you to see it. Philippians 2 and verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That miraculous, that uncommon name who was and then became (laughs) he was and then he became see what i'm talking to you about today about this this awesome name is what separates christianity from every other religion on the planet nobody can talk like this no nobody can talk about their god becoming flesh through the birth of a virgin they can talk about they think that this guy was 
you know, a certain person was God incarnate, you know, that he was just made that way or whatever. But this virgin birth, okay, where he became a son through a virgin, that's never happened, it never will happen ever, ever again. I mean, it will never happen ever again in this dispensation of time. Now, God can do whatever God wants to, but in this dispensation of time, He said, this is finished. That'll never happen again, ever. It's never happened before, and it'll never happen again. That's what separates Christianity from every other religion, is the virgin birth. What the virgin birth accomplished, and the name that was given. He said, and you will call His name Jesus. And Jesus, Emmanuel, is God now with mankind. And the name that you and I have is the power of attorney, the power of attorney to exercise and use at our disposal all of the authority of heaven. All of it. Nothing's left out. What remains and, and what determines whether you and I see things happen in our life is the revelation that we walk in. You can hear a word like this today and do nothing with it. I don't, have, I don't have the ability or the power or is it God's will that my teaching today is an exhaustive teaching where just what I'm saying will cause you to grow spiritually. Now, the word will cause you to grow spiritually, but you have to take what is spoken, what I'm speaking today, and you have to make it your own. It's got to become your own. And as it becomes your own, and that revelation becomes real, then you realize that the name of Jesus is at your disposal every minute of every day. You're never without the authority of heaven to work on your behalf. Ever. 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 Come on, give God praise for that. Ever. You're never without. Everybody say, Jesus. I mean, it, just the name. Just the name. Just the name. I, I, I don't know if this has happened to me more than twice, but I know it's happened to me twice. Where I was in situation driving, and all of a sudden, I'm up on something or somebody, and... In the natural, it looks like you're going to hit this car, but the first thing out of my mouth is Jesus, and then I don't know how it happened. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how what I was looking at didn't hit me. But the first thing out of my mouth was Jesus. The name above every name. What, what, what could you name... A situation, if you're in a car, let's say something, there's an animal or something running across the road and you have to swerve and you swerve into the other lane and a semi is looking at you, you're looking at that, that driver eyeball to eyeball. I mean, what, what name could go with that? Death, destruction, you know, all kinds of things. That name's above those. See, so... So you and I don't know what can happen if we use the name. You don't have any clue. You, your mind can think of what can happen, but what can happen at, 
at, at, and what is at our disposal when we use the name of Jesus and when what we use, we believe. That we believe in it. Now see, there's no pressure to believe. You know, here's the thing. You, you can't live your life, you can't live your life comparing it to what other people appear to be living. See, there's no pressure to believe. We get to believe. We, we have the opportunity to believe. There's no pressure to believe. Everybody take a deep breath. Now exhale. No pressure to believe. There is no pressure. And I'm not saying that, I'm, not, I'm saying that in a positive way. You're not under God's thumb. Well, you better believe the word and nothing good's going to happen. No, that's not God. That's not His nature. We have an opportunity today, right now, to believe the word of God and to believe that the name of Jesus is at our disposal and the power of that name. You'll call His name Jesus. Why? Because that was in Joseph's lineage, you know, who was, who was fixing to marry, marry who, who Mary was going to marry? <laughs> no. There was never the name Jesus ever mentioned in his lineage. You know, a lot of times they would name children after the Father. See? But the Father, who was the source of why she was impregnated, said, you'll name him Jesus. And when she heard that, and Joseph heard that, they named him Jesus. Why? Because it's at that name, that name will be known throughout the history of the world, that at that name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? I mean, how many other people do you know? I mean, maybe somebody's done this. I've never heard anybody else's name. Now, we have a Jesus here. And it's spelled the same way. But we don't call him Jesus. I've never met anybody that named their child Jesus. Jesus. But never that name. I've never met anybody else because you wouldn't do that because that one name was for one person. And he was created and he lived 33 years on this earth for one reason. He was born to die. He was born to die a death that would liberate man and give man that name. And that's what he did. Now, in look at Colossians 3. I'm, I'm leading up to one verse, one little passage of Scripture that I want to end with today. But look at Colossians 3. This is, we talked about this last week, but i just just reminding you of this verse. In verse 17, in Colossians 3. He said, Whatever you do, <clears throat> in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name. Whatever you do, in word, in the things that you say, and your deeds. Do it in the name. Well, Pastor, how do you 
do everything in the name. I mean, everything I say, everything I do just has to be the name, the name, the name, the name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Did he say it? Did he say do that? Okay. He said do that. Then you and I have to work out what that looks like. You're not supposed to walk around and just, you know, how are you doing? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hey, the weather's great. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I mean, people just, I mean, come on. Talk about that God wouldn't even want us to do something like that. But how, how do you factor in the name of Jesus in everything that you do? I'll tell you how. Or one way. One of the ways that you do that is your meditation on it through the Word. As you meditate the Word, which He is, it becomes more real to you so that when you're in situations where it would be easy to act or react to something in an ungodly way, your actions and reactions will be considering the name of Jesus. And in things that you say or you may pray or somebody's done something to you under your breath or you walk away from it, you begin to pray and thank God that in the name of Jesus, this situation is stopping. See, instead of allowing your flesh to take over and you just react and act however you want to and say whatever you want to say, now all you're doing is sow an ugly seed that's going to produce ugly harvest. God wants us to understand in a greater way every day what we have at our disposal in the power of the name of Jesus to work on our behalf. And I'm telling you today, there are no limitations. And I'm telling you, somebody sitting in here today could take what I'm saying and do miraculous things on planet earth just in in this one revelation of what i'm talking just these few scriptures i'm giving you today amazing things can happen in your life if you do something with it whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus so work that out what is god saying to you so so today God, what, what, what do you mean by that? As you begin to study that, then he may show you another verse of Scripture, take another one that I talked about today, and all of a sudden, it'll come to you what that is and what it looks like and what it means for you. Because what it means to you and what it means to your neighbor that's sitting right next to you can be totally different in the moment. And then John 16 and verse 23, last one that we read from last week. John 16 and 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. What day? The day after his ascension upon high, after his, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension upon high, where he sat down at the right hand of the Father and he said, it's finished. And when that work was finished, then all authority was given to the church, which is his body on the earth. The church is his body on the earth. And he said, in that day, you won't ask me another thing. Now your prayers are to the Father, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask 
In other words, in that day, and you will receive that your joy will be full. You know why? Because everybody sitting in here today was created with a purpose. But that purpose cannot be fulfilled without this revelation. Because this revelation is what has empowered us to fulfill every vocation we have, everything that we do. Because wherever you're at, you were created to minister reconciliation to people, just your life. I'm not talking about on your job or your businesses or whatever, wherever you're at, that you were called to preach to people. You, you, you may share something with people, but it's just your life. And the authority that you have, when other people see that authority that you have, they want it, and then it's a total duplication process. That's what we were created for. So listen to me. Whatever you do today in the form of a vocation, you know, wh whatever job you have or wherever you're at, you're there to be a light of the things of God, but you're there to allow the authority of Jesus to flow through you and to the lives of other people. Sometimes with not even a word, just your presence. Sometimes it's words, but it's whatever God leads you to do. And I promise you, what you do will become that much more exciting when you realize why you're really there, first and foremost. First and foremost, all of us were created to be ministers of reconciliation, seeing people reconciled to God through another person. We win the world one person at a time. So however many people are here today sitting in this place, if all of us are allowing our light, the light of Jesus in us, to shine to other people, and all of us are learning about the authority of his name to operate in that name, then somebody else somewhere is getting touched. Amen? One plants, one waters, God brings the increase. So person in your life, you may just be there just to love them. Somewhere down the road, someone else will do something else. Someone else will speak something. Boom, bam, bang, boom. Before they leave the planet, they'll receive Jesus one way or the other. He's the one that brings the increase. We do our part by learning who we are and what we have a right to in our lives. Can you say amen to that? So we ask according to that will. So, two questions. First question is answered by the second question. Okay? Number one. Do I receive what I ask for? Number two, do I obey in the small things? You will receive the things you ask for when you walk in obedience to the little things that he asks out of you. Not the big things. The little things. Because God's working on us. I mean, I, I have a hundred stories. I'm trying to think of stories that I've never talked about before, but I've got hundreds of stories like this. Because, you know, sometimes I can tell in your faces you get really tired of hearing some of those stories, especially the Atkins. They've been here the longest. <coughs> um, but, um, you know, one day I was driving down the road, and there was a guy... It was, it was down by um, Wells Fargo in the middle of town by Five Points. I was driving, and I, and, and, I, and I took a right at Five Points onto Water Street, and I was driving a little ways, and there's a guy walking, 
He wasn't hitchhiking, but he was walking. And he had a Whataburger shirt on. And the Lord said, turn around and give him a ride. I just kept driving. And that nudge just kind of continued to be there. Turn around and give him a ride. So what does your head say? Well, what's that guy going to think? Or, you know, maybe he's got a gun. Maybe he's, you know, whatever. I mean, your head says all kinds of crazy things. But, and I, I'm not, I, I've picked lots of people up, but I'm just driving. And I get, you know, past Crinwelgi and past the old church where we used to be, and I'm driving a little bit farther, <laughs> you know, and, and in my mind, oh, he's probably a Whataburger already, you know. I'm, I'm reasoning in my mind. And, and I just kept driving, and I don't know how, it just got really loud. I said, go pick him up. I, I, I mean, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just something inside of me. It was, it was, this, it was reverberating on the inside of me, go pick him up. Turned around, went down uh, Main Street, and, 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 I, and I picked him up before he got to five points. I took, a, I took a little left there at the light, and then I swung around and I picked him up. I said, you need a ride? Nah, it's just right here. Nah, come on, get in. Now, now I'm having to force the guy to get in. He's looking at me like, you know, what's this about? You know, who's this nut job? <clears throat> you know. And so he gets in. He says, that's all right. It's just, it's just right there. So what's your name? And he told me. And I said, you know what, dude? I, I don't usually say these kind of things, but I don't know why, but God told me to pick you up. <laughs> I mean, he just begin to weep. And I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying he just begin to weep. And we sat in the Whataburger parking lot for probably, I don't know, 30 or 45 minutes. And he needed help. And you know what? You know what I got out of that? God telling me, Bert, I need you to do what I ask you to do in the little things so, you, so I can trust you that when, I, that when I need you in things that are a little bit more difficult, you'll do them. See, because you have to ask yourself, okay, what, what, what do you want to happen in your life? If you won't be faithful in the little things, you won't grow to bigger things. So what, what do I want? I want to hear God. Amen? So, so that's just one example of a, that. That's a little thing. But what are we willing to do in the little things? How willing are we to care for someone that maybe we don't want to care for? How willing are you to make a phone call to somebody that God's telling you to make a phone call that you don't want to because you know it's going to last 45 minutes? Well, you know, it's not always about what you need to say. Sometimes people just need an ear. They just need somebody to talk to him and be there for him. Amen? It's those little things that prepare us for the big things so that what we ask, we receive because he can trust us and he, know we'll, he knows what we receive, we'll do with it as he wants us to. Can you say amen? Now, I'm just going to end with this verse. Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to make this statement that we'll pick this up on next Sunday. <clears throat> Matthew 16, you know, as I was in worship today, the Lord spoke to me about something that he wants out of me, and he said, I need you to do this, I need you to do this thing, I'm not telling you what it is, I'm just saying, he told me to do something, it's, it's kind of a smaller thing, maybe it's 
it's a medium thing or whatever, but I heard him really clearly. And as I'm preaching this to you, I'm even that much more convicted about following through because I want God to trust me. Amen? God knows what you and I'll do. The, the trust part is for us. You know, being obedient is for you and I. It's so that you know God can trust you because you're going to do what he asks. So what he asked me today, it's a done thing. I'll just do it because I want results in life, not from just for me, but for what results in me will do for someone else. Amen? So in Matthew, uh, what did I tell you? Uh, no, 18. Is it 18? I did. It's 18. Sorry. Matthew 18, 18. Matthew 18 and 18. Let's read it together. <clears throat> Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done of them of my Father in heaven. Verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I, I got a revelation just as I've been studying for this message. I got a revelation about these things three verses of scripture actually 19 and 20 i got a revelation regarding the name of jesus and i'm i'm, I'm going to tell you this and then we're going to talk about it in detail next week go back to verse 19 <clears throat> well go, go go to 20 i'm sorry back and forth okay so for years, and I've said this, and many, and 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 it's and, and there's a truth to what I'm fixing to say, but there's more to it than this. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So what does that mean? That means that God's here in our midst. Okay. Well, God's here, but I don't really believe that's what He was talking about here. And yet I've said that for years. I don't really believe that is what he was talking about. I mean, yeah, where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in our midst. But I believe verse 20 is a result of what verse 19 says. So go back to 19, please. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Now, what did we read from Jesus on that side of the cross? He said, he said, in that day, you will ask the Father in my name, and he will give to you what you ask for. Right here he says, if any two agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them of my Father in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, Gathered together. One translation says in agreement together. So the asking in verse 19 has to be the same thing he was talking about in, in the John passage 16 that we talked about. That in that day, you won't ask me of anything, you'll ask the Father in my name. 
So the asking in His name and agreeing and believing is what causes Him to be in our midst in an answering power. That's what He's talking about. It's not just that He's here. He's here because you're here and He's wherever you are. Because the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. We're born again of that Spirit. So everywhere you go, Spirit of God is. So he's not necessarily just talking about the fact that he's here. That's a good reminder. It's a good thing to remind yourself he's in our presence. But what he's talking about, his answering ability is present with us. When we believe in his name, we can do anything he says we can do. That's why the angel told Mary, and you will call his name Jesus. He's Jesus, He's the Son, He's the living Word. Can you say amen today? He's all those things. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful counselor. He's amazing. He's magnificent. He's uncommon. He's miraculous. He's everything. He's everything. God gave us all of heaven through the Word that became flesh, that became a son, that became Jesus. He gave us all of heaven through that name, but all of heaven won't work on our behalf if we don't believe that that authority is there for us. And I said, where you're not seeing things answered in your life, you're not receiving the things you're asking for, Go back to being aware of are you listening and then doing and obeying Him in the small things. And you know what? Listen to me. There's no pressure on that. Don't feel pressured about the fact that, well, okay, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. Okay, I didn't do this. No, 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 no. He's not wanting you to look back. He said, one thing you do, one thing we do, we, 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 we forget the things behind us. We press toward the mark of the high calling. We look at what God's saying to us today. What's He saying? We, we can negate all the things of the past that weren't right by being obedient today and then being obedient tomorrow and then the next day and the next day and the little things that He's telling you to do. And what comes with that is the revelation in our life that we have of the name of Jesus and receiving everything that God has for us. Because in that day, you won't ask me. You'll ask the Father in my name and He'll give you everything you ask for. Jesus said that. If Jesus said that and you argue with it, you're in a mess of trouble. But if Jesus said that and you don't understand that, that's common. That's okay. But if Jesus said that, and you don't understand it, and you don't do anything with it to learn to understand it, that's stupidity. And I'm not saying you're stupid. He might have, but I didn't say that. Because I've been stupid many times. But you know what? I don't want to be stupid. 
when I was in worship and God told me to do that thing, I don't want to be stupid. I want to work on this hearing thing. I want to get better and better and better and stronger and stronger and stronger and more people be affected in a positive way because of the authority that I walk in because of what I believe. And the same goes with you. Can you say amen today?